pretty simple question. But do you know where your food comes from and how the climate's going to affect it? Also, it's the most dreaded screen in America. What is it? We're going to talk about it. And what does the SAG after strike mean to your entertainment? We'll talk. Uncensored, unfiltered, unhinged. It's the Corel Cast. Listen daily on your favorite streaming service. It is the Corel Cast. I am Corel. Record breaking temperatures in the southwest of America California, Washington, Oregon, Nevada, Mexico, Arizona, New Mexico, Arizona. Uh, yesterday here, Sunday, happy Monday, by the way. Sunday in Las Vegas broke records, 112, 113 degrees, the hottest it's ever been in July. And this is just a starting point, okay? This is not the new normal. This is the beginning. Now, uh, yesterday I was sitting in my darkened house and I, I wanted to give you a glimpse of the future, of your future, of my future. And so I recorded a little something for you here uh, and I'm going to try to play it. Hopefully my skills at playing these things, you know, hopefully I'll be good at it. Here we go. Hi everyone, it's Corel, and I wanted to give you a little glimpse inside my world in here. Now, this camera is made to record in low light. It's the GoPro. Uh, but right now it is, what time is it? 1.44 uh, on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, and we are about to break all records here in Las Vegas. If I get my iPad here uh, and show you, I want to be sure, I don't want to lie to you. Uh, but uh, as you know, in the West, our, our uh, weather is making national news. I had a friend in Georgia today, uh, Matt Seiden, say to me, you know, your weather is in the national news. Uh, so as you can see right now, it is 111. I don't know if you can read that. Uh, it's 111 degrees outside, and the hottest Las Vegas has ever been in July is 112. That record will fall today, and records are falling all across the country, uh, particularly in the West and the Southwest. And I just want to, as we're going to talk about food in this, this uh, first segment here, and how the climate is affecting what you eat. I just want to say that it's also affecting my mood. Um, it is dark in here. Now this camera is not doing it justice. It actually makes it look really light. It's not. Uh, it's dark in here. I, ha I don't have any of the lights on because of electricity. My power bill for the month is $250. Um, I just, I don't have that to be spending on electricity. However, I'm keeping my thermostat at 76 because it is so ungodly hot outside. The concrete out front of my home, I just measured it with one of those thermometers, is 158 degrees. I'm not making that up. Right outside my front door, the stairs and the concrete are 158 degrees. So obviously I can't bring ember outside. Um, as for going out into the world, there's a vegan veg fest going on today. Uh, and neither Steve nor I want to go because who wants to go be outside and eat in 112 degree weather? Nobody. Uh, and plus getting into the vehicle, uh, starting the vehicle before it cools down, it's very hot. And this is the future. You know, we seem to think that climate change is going to take its sweet time. It's not. This is the present. It's no longer, I guess that's it. Climate change is no longer the future. It's the present. And it's depressing as hell. Because we are not building to accommodate 
climate change. For instance, here in Las Vegas, homes should now have one level up top and the rest underneath. The city itself, the strip should be domed. You know, we need to start treating planet Earth like it's a foreign planet. Because it is not the planet that we grew up on. It is not the planet that we once knew. It has changed. It has changed into a new planet. And this new planet is very hot. And our lives are going to change. Uh, this is what my summer is going to look like. My summer is going to be all of the drapes closed, which in my house here, every drape is closed. I have everything closed. There is, as you see there, the drapes are closed. The drapes are closed there. The drapes are closed over there. So I have everything closed. And if I get away from that window where the light was coming in, you can see now, yeah, but it's better over here. This is what I'm sitting in, okay, all day long. Because, A, electricity, I don't want to put on the lights. And B, if I let the sun in, it just superheats the house. So I have to keep it all closed up. So the house is closed up, the lights are all dimmed, and, and I don't work during the day out of the house. Can you imagine spending an entire summer in a darkened house with curtains drawn? It's, it's depressing me. It truly is. Now, you say, well, get out, go to the casinos, get out, go somewhere. It is uncomfortable to be out in 110 degree heat. It's just, it's uncomfortable. It's not pleasant. 112. These are record breaking temperatures, which, by the way, I'm sure we'll address this. This is no longer like this is not the new norm. This is the global warming kickoff. This, this is going to be it's going to go up from here. And I don't know about you, but I cannot imagine life that is going to go up from here. This is miserable. And yeah, it makes me want to leave Las Vegas. But for where? California is in the middle of the heat wave. You know, Washington State, Oregon, they're having heat waves. Europe, it's going to be 118 degrees today in Italy and Greece. So where do you go to escape it? You can't. We have totally screwed the entire planet. All right, I just wanted to give you a little glimpse of, you know, it is dark in my house. I don't know if you can see in there in my bedroom where it's just, it's dark. And living in darkness, I'm not a vampire, okay? So this is not something I want to do. And yet going out to a restaurant, going out to a casino, going out to a movie, all of these things require going out in 112 degree heat. And I don't want to, you know, I don't want to go out and just be bombarded by that horrible heat. So let's talk about food now and how this is affecting food, because all of that is really affecting my mood. It really is between the having to stay in the house and the fact that in the very near future, all the foods I love to eat may not be around. Honey, climate change has got me singing the blues today. Hi, everyone. It's Carell. And I now. I don't know about you, okay, but I am not one of these people that know how to not worry about something, okay? I'm being told by Steve, my good friend Steve, and others, look, you, you can't, you know, you can't spend your life worrying about this. You've got to live more in the present because if you live in the future, it's just too depressing. Well, I've been a talk show host and a journalist my entire life, asking questions, looking towards the future. That's what I do. 
And so while I'm sitting here in this darkened house, which is very depressing, while I'm doing that, I looked up food because I thought, you know what? How is this affecting food? And there was an article in The Guardian that basically says our food supply system is on the verge of collapse. Now, you're seeing it everywhere. I don't know about you, but I am. I was at Sprouts on Saturday. They had no mushrooms, like none. There were no mushrooms. And so many things are out of stock. The potatoes, a lady that was commenting, she's like, God, they're all old and they're green tinted. And it's like, why are there no fresh potatoes? Our fruits and vegetables have already started to be subpar. That's if you can get them. You know, you can't get everything now. And it's not Ukraine. It's not, it's the climate. And I did some research about where we get our food from here in the United States. Now, the good news is about 80% of the food in the U.S. comes from the U.S., depending on the type of food. Wheat, those sorts of things come from here. However, Mexico, Chile, Guatemala, and Peru are our largest importers of vegetables or fruits. That's where we get a lot of fruit from. Mexico, Chile, Guatemala, and Peru. Our veggies come from 125 different countries, including 77% of them from Mexico and 11% of our imports of vegetables from Canada. Okay, so we depend a lot on two other countries in North America. And their climate is changing as well. And that's going to mean interruption in the world's food supply. That's going to mean pineapples, melons, mangoes, you know, berries, strawberries, you know, uh, bananas, boy, you know, boysenberries, blackberries, blueberries. These things are going to become increasingly harder and harder to get. Maple syrup is already in critical stages because of climate change. We're going to talk a little bit more about food when we come back. Because you got to eat. And you're not really thinking about where it comes from. Make your device a whole lot smarter. Get the Corelcast app free at the App Store of your choice now. Happy Monday. It is the Corelcast. I am Corel. Before we talk about the most dreaded screen in America, I want to talk about food a little more because climate change is very, very prevalent this past weekend all over America, not just the Southwest and the South and the, uh, the Bible Belt and Mississippi, Louisiana with the heat. The heat is from Florida all the way over. Rainstorms, Vermont still flooded. Climate change has been in the news all weekend long, except they're not calling it climate change. They're sugarcoating it for you. And one thing that no one is talking about, and The Guardian, albeit a conservative British newspaper, The Guardian had an editorial about our food system and how it is truly just a, just a moment away from collapse because of climate and because of what the climate is going to do. And I want to ask, do you even know where your food comes from? You know, the reason most of you aren't vegan 
is because the horror of the slaughter and raising of the meat is just out of your mind. To you, meat is a lovely little package, you know, back in the back of the store with lovely writing on it and the cute little pictures. It's not the death and mayhem and torture that it really is. You are removed from that. You don't see it. Nor do you know where those cows or chickens or pigs actually come from, where they were raised. You have no idea how far that meat traveled to be in your cooler. Well, but about fruits and vegetables? Do you know where they come from? And do you know what the climate is doing in those regions? You know, we, run, we live in a world where if one system fails, then another can pick up the slack. In other words, if a crop is bad in one country, we can get a, the same crop from another. Well, what if many countries' crops fail all at once, as is happening? That's not a what if, it's happening. Well, then it becomes harder and harder to get those goods, if at all. And so I ask you again, do you even know where your food comes from? When you sit down to eat a melon, do you know where it was grown? When you sit down to have a salad, do you have any idea how many tens of thousands of miles stuff in that bowl had to travel? And more importantly, are you giving any consideration to the fact that our food is directly dependent on the environment, on the sun, the water, the wind, on all of it, on the heat? Now, when you talk about record temperatures in California, Central California is called the salad bowl of America. Things died this weekend. I guarantee it. Lettuce and radishes and carrots and all of that. They can't stand 110, 120, 100 plus, you know, degrees heat. They just can't stand it. And so produce and groceries are going to be even more expensive. And soon... Fresh fruit, vegetables, and fresh meat will only be for the rich. You and I soon will only be able to afford bad processed foods because there's not going to be that much of it because of climate. That's why I said last week on the show, every single thing we talk about should be climate-related because everything in our life depends on the environment. The, we can't live without food. Air and food. And both those things are victims to climate change. The smoke that is filling the cities is going to kill people with COPD, with emphysema, with asthma. And, can, you know, Canada's on fire, and yet they're one of the places we get fruits and vegetables from. Mexico is heating up exponentially, just like we are. So their crops are dying, and they won't have 77% of our fruits and vegetables to ship to us. Peru, Chile, the closer you get to the equator where our food is grown, that is changing, getting hotter, getting drier. And no government, including ours, is making any huge steps to protect our food supply. They're just acting like it's all going to be okay. It's not. So my question to you, it's an honest one. How do you not worry about that? 
all of you people who say just live in the moment, you know, I told Steve I want to get a, a home freeze dryer and start freeze drying pineapple and strawberry and all of that. It'll last 25 years. He goes, oh, are you a doomsday prepper? I said, no, but in five or 10 years, I might want some pineapple and it doesn't look like the climate's going to let me have it or that I'll be able to afford it. So the only way to do it is to freeze dry it and in 10 years, break open the package and have some pineapple. It really is going to become that if you don't do that, you're not going to have it. It'll be too expensive or too hard to get. This is the world that is coming. This is the world that is here. As there's no mushrooms, it sprouts. As there's no bananas at some stores. As other stores don't have any berries. This is the world that is here. Global ch climate change is not the future. It is the present. How does that not bother you so much that you worry about it every day? Why am I the only one, it seems, that every day wakes up worried that within my 60s, I'll be 61 this year, and I fear that in my 60s, it's all going to go away, that by the, end of the, by the time I reach 70, fresh fruits and vegetables are going to be a hard-to-get commodity, you know, because of the climate. And that Vegas is going to become unlivable during the summer. You simply won't be able to be here. I'm worried about my property value that I need to sell within the next year or two because who's going to want to live in a place that gets to be 125 degrees? These are real concerns. And how do you leave that at home? How, how do I leave that at the office? You know what I mean? How, when I get off air, how do I forget that I am really worried that in five years I won't be able to eat strawberries? Yeah, maybe I'll be dead. Maybe I won't be here. Maybe I need not think about it. But what if I am? I know where our food comes from. I know how fragile that infrastructure is. I know how the weather in those countries are change is changing. And I know that it's setting us up for a worldwide food disaster that no one is talking about. And so I want you to give some thought to where does your food come from? And what are you doing to protect the food supply? What can I do, Carell? I don't really know at this point. I don't. I think we're going to be at the whim of the rich. Whatever the rich decide is what we're going to have to deal with. If the rich decide that saving our food supply is worth it, then they'll dump resources into it and food will keep flowing. If the rich decide they're just going to produce enough food for them and us be damned, then fresh fruits and vegetables in five years or 10 years or three years may be very hard to get. And that's a shame. That's why climate change should be the only thing on your mind when it comes to social issues. Nothing else. Not gay things, not nothing, not, not even race. Climate change should be the first thing on your mind. All right, speaking of food, I do want to touch on this. Uh, I guess we'll do it when we come back. Boy, today's show is just flying by. We talk about two things when we come back. The most dreaded screen in America and the SAG after strike, which I'm worried about because I get a SAG after pension. Does this mean I'm about to lose 1800 bucks a month? If you're not visiting reallycorel.com daily... 
you're missing out. Get the podcast videos and the blog, including recipes at reallycorel.com. That's really K-A-R-E-L.com. There is an insidious screen that has worked its way into our culture, and we all hate it. According to a story at USA Today and my conversation with Steve and Daniel and many people, and that screen is the tip screen. It is now on almost everything. I'm surprised the ATM doesn't ask if you want to give it a tip for dispensing your money. And now it's 18, 20, and 25% instead of leaving it up to you or, you know, 15%. It should be 10, 15, or 18. Instead, it's 18, 20, and 25. Now, foreigners find this all quite confusing. But here in America, you're seeing this screen everywhere now for services that you never even thought you wanted to tip on before. Now they're saying, do you want to leave a tip? You know, you drive through Starbucks. The person's working a drive through window, okay? They're literally just handing you the stuff. Let's say your bill is $10. They want another $250 on top of that to hand it to you. The screen pops up. How many of you are sick and tired of the tip screen? You're done. And how many of you are now going the other direction and just declining it and not tipping because you're so angry that that screen is popping up? I'm surprised it does not pop up in the bathroom. I'm surprised there's not, because you know there's an attendant in some of the bathrooms, they hand you a towel, they want money. It's like, why, did you wipe my butt? You know, were you in there? I didn't see you in there wiping my butt. I didn't see you holding my, you know. (laughs) I heard something very funny the other day. Unless you are shaking hands with a lesbian, there's a 98% chance the hand you're shaking has had a penis in it. <laughs> and it's true. If you're shaking hand with a guy, it's certainly had a penis in it. If you're shaking hand with a straight woman, it's probably had a penis in it. So basically, unless you're shaking hands with a lesbian, 98% of the hands you shake have had a penis in it. <laughs> the great equalizer. They want a tip for that, too. I mean, really, where does this end with the tip, with the tip thing? Look, I, I want to tip people for their service. I do if they give good service, but these screens are popping up. I'm surprised they're not at the grocery store for the checker. Would you like to tip your checker? Of course, now they kind of are because at every grocery store, it now asks if you want to give to some charity before you. How many of you now are sick to death of answering a million questions at the grocery store with your card before you get to the actual amount? Do you want cash back? Do you want to give a donation to this? Blah, 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 blah. You know, do you want to solve world peace? Do you want to... So, Nowadays, we are being nickeled and dimed to death. Look at the Instacart. Everyone says, oh, I use Instacart. That adds $10 to $12 to your order right there. Let's say you have a $100 order. They're going to charge you a $5 fee, even if you're a member. They say free delivery, and then they charge you a service fee. So the delivery isn't free. It says delivery, free. And then under that, it says Instacart service fee, you know, $6.99. Well, then the delivery isn't free, is it? And then if you've got a $100, say, grocery bill, they want you to give 10% tip. That's $10. That goes straight to your Instacart shopper, they say. If you give what you're supposed to, 15% on a $100 grocery, you know, that'd be $15. I've stopped using Instacart now. Now that I have that Lexus RX 300, I stop using Instacart. Be- you know, I was tired of having to tip, quite frankly. 
I mean, the person works for Instacart. Instacart pays them money. Why should I tip them? Their job is to be a personal shopper. Why should I then tip them on top of what Instacart is paying them? Well, because Instacart's not paying enough. And that's where this is coming from. Now, some restaurants here in Vegas are adding a 4% charge and saying that they're, they're paying their health insurance of their workers with that money. And you can ask for it to be taken off if you want, because then you'd look like a real piece of work. We are being nickeled and dimed to death. And that tip screen, it is on my nerves. I am tired of seeing it. Are you? Leave your comments down below or send comments at reallycorel.com. I'd love to hear what you think about it. I am tired of that tip screen. It actually makes me not want to tip. I'm like, I am sick of this. How much you want to give? 18, 20, 25%. Why not just ask me for the whole double? Like on a $15 check, why not make it $30? I mean, we're all just swimming in cash, right? Not if you're an actor. sag is on strike. I'm worried about my pension. Many people are. Pensions, disability payments being paid by sag by the union. I have to call Monday and find out what happens if the strike goes on. Will my pension stop? I'm very worried about that. That's $1,800 a month. I need that. And why? Because the multi-million dollar, some of these people that run the studios, like Bob Iger, they make $25 to $30 million a year for doing nothing. They're not making movies. They're not acting in films. They're not writing them. They're, they're running the studios that distribute them. And they're making all the profits. If Disney can pay Bob Iger $25 million a year, it can pay more streaming rights. And so the actors and the writers are on strike. So all of your favorite shows are delayed now. That's just it. If you are waiting for a show to come back, it's not going to come back for a while now. This is going to put like a year wait. All the big movies that were coming out, Ariana Grande and Wicked, all of that, the, the shutdown production has shut down. So that means you're going to be watching a lot of those Korean shows, a lot of those Japanese shows on Netflix with the bad dubbing. That's become Netflix stock and trade now, showing movies from other countries with bad American dubbing. That's what you're going to be seeing a, a plethora of. But American-made shows, not going to happen. And so all your series, like CSI Vegas, I like CSI Vegas. It's on hiatus right now to film more episodes, and then it was supposed to come back in a few months. It's not going to. Wednesday will probably not come back. You know, all your shows. And if you're in a town like Los Angeles, uh, Atlanta, and other production centers, a lot of businesses suffer that do business with the studios, with the writers, with the actors, with the production companies. If the production company isn't producing, then all the craftsmen are shut down as well. Makeup artists, hair, craft services. There's, it's such an industry. It is a huge industry. And it is now ground to a halt. It's not just the actors and writers that are now out of work. There are millions, actually, if you count up everybody involved. There's over a million people in the entertainment industry, and they're all out of work. And they don't get unemployment. What are they going to do? I don't know. The executives are saying, well, we're, you know, we can wait them out. We've got all the money. We can let them starve, and then they'll come crawling to us. They literally want to scan all the old movies and scan all the background actors 
and create new AI background actors from all those old scans, not pay the old background actors and not pay any new ones. That's one of the things they want to do. Now, the writers are only at about 10% agreement for their contract. SAG-AFTRA is at about 60%. SAG-AFTRA may end sooner than the writer's strike, but we don't know. And so what does that mean? That means that quality entertainment has been put on hold. Why? Because the rich want to continue to get richer. I am Carell. You be who you want to be. It's not going to hurt anybody. We'll see you on Wednesday. I'd love your comments. And don't forget to subscribe at Patreon. I love you, patrons. We're going to have a Patreon meeting here in two weeks on a Sunday. Don't go anywhere. Stay with me, patrons, please. Hey, it's Carell. Amber and I would like to thank you for joining us today and remind you there's a way to never miss a thing, and that's by subscribing right now to my YouTube channel. Just click the subscribe button below or go to youtube.com forward slash really Carell. That's youtube.com forward slash really Carell for a world of great free content. And that content is kept free by the fabulous group of patrons at Patreon. Why not become one and show your support for the show? Just $5 a month or more and you're in. Go to patreon.com forward slash really Carell. That's patreon.com forward slash really Carell. My website is reallycorel.com and everything fabulous is there from the show to blog and recipes. Instagram and all social media are, you guessed it, really Carell. And it couldn't get much easier by simply downloading the free Corelcast app at the app store of your choice. And then all the content from Corel Media will flow right on through. That's the free Corelcast app. Remember, I am Corel. Be who you want to be so it doesn't hurt anybody. And subscribe and participate today.